Welcome to the sermon podcast of First United Methodist Church of Round Rock. We hope that this message offers meaning to your life. We invite you to join us in worship on Saturday evenings at 5.30 p.m. or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9.40, or 11 a.m. Each service is unique in style and format. May God bless you and your day. Angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So our theme for Advent and Christmas during this whole season has been cultivating hope. Uh, and the symbol of that has been the rose. The rose, a symbol of beauty amidst pain. Also, uh, the rose is the symbol of Christ throughout Christian history. And so it comes from this old, old Christmas carol called Lo, How a Rose Air Blooming. And the word air literally means ever. So lo, how a rose ever blooming. In other words, no matter what happens, we can count on the hope that Christ places within us. Now, I've got to say, you know, this has been a tough year. Uh, you know, with Harvey and South Texas and, you know, and, and then... Irma for the Floridians and, and Bermudans um, and the Puerto Ricans. And, and I mean, just everybody has been hit. And uh, then you, we've had the problems that have been around violence for the, uh, uh, the folks, from the, for the British and the French and the Spanish. And, uh, you know, and we have seen that even come to Sutherland Springs up close and personal. It's also been a time when inside our own church family, uh, we've experienced a lot of disease diagnosis and, and, and losses to where uh, everybody's looking for hope, I think, a little more this year. So the, the, the carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem, which is probably my favorite Christmas carol, uh, finishes his first verse saying, The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And I know that just doesn't mean that night 2,000 years ago. It means tonight. Now, I don't know how uh, you have come here. You know, some, for some people, Christmas Eve is about lighting candles, singing favorite Christmas carols, and being together with family. It kind of is a tradition that kind of keeps your equilibrium among everything else that's happening. 
And then there's some, it's a kind of reclaiming of the uh, child, the magic of childhood. You know, I still, someday, when I get the time, I'm going to write that musical I've always wanted to, that it was going to be, it's going to be Hodie Hoedown, it's going to be in the stable, and it's going to feature singing animals, and singing and flying angels, and it's, it's going to be something else, if I ever get the time. I've sketched out the songs and everything, just haven't gotten that far. I, I just want to recapture that magic. But we want it to be more than just a tradition and recapturing magic, though. So I'm going to ask you, how many of you have been in a Christmas pageant in your lifetime? You don't have to say what character you were. All right. Uh, you know, uh, I'm remembering my little brother when he was five years old. He was, he was a, a shirtless angel with, you know, the great big wings. Now, he ended up growing up to be a bodybuilder, and something happened to those angel wings. Uh, you know, and then my kids were in a, uh, in a pageant in El Paso, and uh, there was one child that wanted to be a dog in the, in, the, in the manger scene. And so he had floppy ears, and he had black and white spots, kind of Dalmatian style. And then he just went and hiked his leg on the shepherds and the kings and Mary and Joseph, you know, and he grew up to be an attorney in El Paso. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and then I'm thinking of one that happened in another church, not one that I served, and it was where angels were gathering around, gather around baby Jesus, and then one decided that they wanted to hold baby Jesus and so then another one decided, and pretty soon you got a tug of war going on as they're pulling on baby Jesus. And so you have these wonderful angelic beings uh, having a brawl over baby Jesus. But I think the one that I like best was the one that had the three kings. And one of the kings says, and we bring gifts, gold, common sense, and fur. <laughs> but, the, but the truth is, the power of Christmas is when you find yourself in the story. And, and so I don't know where you are in that story. Perhaps you're the innkeeper. So overwhelmed and so busy with everything that's going on, you don't have time for a new birth for you or for anybody else, for that matter. Or maybe you're like uh, the observing animals, and you're wondering what the fuss is all about. Or maybe you're like Mary and Joseph, where this new child has been brought into your life and you're wondering, what's it going to be like to raise a child of God? Uh, Brian, you kind of know a little bit about that. You know, and, and we're grandparents for the first time, so this is our first time, 10 months old, Riley. We're, uh, you know, we're discovering raising a child of God again as are, the, as are her parents. And, and you know, uh, then uh, Summer... Uh, the preachers are supposed to be like angels. I know, I, I already look like one. But, you know, it's, it's the, uh, the angel literally means messenger. And, and so uh, I hope, though, that I'm not the only messenger who brings the good news of a great joy for all the people. That you will be one who shares that news of a great joy with your kids or your grandkids or your relatives because they're going to listen more to you than they will to me. I don't know where you are in this story. Now, clearly, the people that were the feature in this version of the story were the shepherds. Now, if you were making up 
this story. You would not have the angels appear to shepherds. Nobody in biblical times says, I want to be a shepherd when I grow up. Remember Jesus in John chapter 10 said, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. If Jesus had to say he was the good shepherd, what does that tell you about some shepherds? Yeah, they're bad. They're trustworthy. Yes, they were low lives. I, I, one of the things that um, uh, was uh, Bruce Thielman, a fellow preacher, who, who titled his sermon on this passage of Scripture, Glory to God in the Lowest. That, he appear, that the angels appear to low-life shepherds and to uh, lowly parents and in a lowly place with a lowly child. And what that tells you is that when we're looking at the Christmas story, we can come to that story just the way we are. We don't have to be at our best. Uh, God in Christ has come to us at our least and at our worst and, and then invites us into his amazing story. And that's where hope really begins in this story. This is God initiating his love and reaching out, making the first move to you just as you are. So I know we're all talking about who's naughty and who's not and, and all that kind of thing and, and who deserves what gift and all of that and we're, we're having the stress of, of who uh, gets, that if we're making sure everybody gets treated fairly and all that. But here understand that God gives you the gift of his son, no strings attached and you don't have to live up to it. This is the initiative of God's love to you. If you let that sink in, it'll do something for you. What it did for those shepherds is it got them onto a search. Uh, you know, last week I was, I was sharing with the congregation gathered here that the shepherds did not get a star to show them where to find the baby Jesus. All they got were some clues. Uh, you shall go to the city of David and you shall find a baby and it's going to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. Well, that's kind of what babies were wrapped in, so that really didn't get them very far. Wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, which is a feeding trough. So now you've got to find out how many feeding troughs are in Bethlehem and how many stables and barns. You know, they, they didn't get news on the inn on that. They were going to have, to have to search for that. You know, one of the things I've found is that uh, people do tend to find what they're looking for so some people are looking for something to be mad about, and they're finding it. Uh, some people are looking for an escape. Maybe it's getting smashed on a Friday night, or it's spending too much and having to pay for it later. Looking for an escape. But what Jesus offers, what God offers in Jesus, is something better than all that. But they had to settle for clues. Are there clues for hope in our day and time? Well, I think there are. You know, we, we saw with, uh, with Hurricane Harvey, uh, all of a sudden there was uh, hope came in the forms of rafts and kayaks. And hope came in, in the form of, of semi-trucks full of food and supplies. Uh, hope... Uh, uh, clues of hope were, were found in, in teams that would, would go down and work and reconstruct uh, homes in and, and, and different places. Uh, we have a group that's going to be leaving next week 
uh, from right here from First Church to go down to Victoria, and they're going to be partnering with some other churches to do some big work down there. They're giving clues of hope uh, to the people there in Victoria. Uh, this past week, we sent 230 dozen cookies to uh, soldiers. Uh, that was combined with other churches in our conference, and so they all gathered in one place and sent 7,000 dozen cookies uh, over to other parts of the world just to give them a clue about hope. You see, uh, clues about hope. And, and so finally, with those clues, they, they finally get to uh, the stable, and they, they see the manger, and they see the baby in it, and, and they rejoice because they know that that's going to be something new for them. The angels had said, for to you is born this day. And I want you to hear that now as personally toward you. For to you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. If I had my way, I would have had you all put on shepherd's outfits as you came in. Because I would want you to know, for you is born this day a Savior. Sometimes I think we hear the romance of Christmas and all the ideals that go with it. And we never allow it to get into our soul where it changes our lives. For Will, there is born a Savior. Because Will can't save himself. He can't change himself. As much as he tries, he still messes up. I know I'm the only one in the house like that. But that's the truth. I have to have a Savior. I'm helpless without it. Are you helpless without a Savior? Are you? Then lay claim to saving grace and allow hope to come to you as a gift. And so they receive this gift, and then it says they go and they just tell everybody. And the people are amazed at what the shepherds say. Yes, I love O Little Town of Bethlehem, but one we've already sung would be my second most favorite hymn, and that's Joy to the World. It's really weird in its opening line. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Who talks like that? It would be the Lord has come, right? This day in history, the Lord has come 2,000 years ago. But actually, to be biblical, it's right. Isaac Watts had it right all along back in the 1700s. The Lord is come literally means that it's a past event that has an, a repeated effect and an enduring effect. It's a perfect tense. And so what it really means is joy to the world, the Lord has come, the Lord is coming, the Lord will come. And so we know that every place of hurt and every place of loss in every place of violence, in every kind of conflict, that there is hope for the world and it has come, is coming, and will come. And so then that hymn finishes. Let every heart prepare him room. And so that's my concluding invitation to you. You're asked to make room for lots of things. 
But the most important thing you can do in your life is to make room for the Christ child to be born anew in you. My prayer is simply this, that God will give you a new birth of hope in this Christmas season and that it will turn your 2018 right side up. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all the people said, Amen. Amen. And so we come now to our time of the passing of the light.